Paul, mm. whilst you're experiencing some bizarre fantasy involving ninjas and zombies, what are you physically doing? Like, to people observing you fantasizing that? I'm doing my, my menial job, Paul. Um, <laughs> serving, serving free soup to businessmen. Oh fuck yeah! And they're all just mesmerised watching yeah. you do it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's <laughs> it's electric. They've never seen anyone do it so humbly before. The ladle goes into the soup. The soup level doesn't even seem to rise. There's no splash ripple. There's just... no ripple. No. <laughs> He's the rippleless pool. Rippleless nippleless pool. <laughs> no me. nipples, and he sh- insists on doing it yeah. shirtless. It's bizarre. Yeah. And yet also kind of metaphorical, because although he is unable to offer nourishment for his nipples, he provides it through his stealth ladle. Yeah, exactly. I call that my hand nipple. Using that, I dole out soup, uh, which I also call nipple, to businessmen. (laughs) Exclusively to businessmen? Yeah. They, I don't don't know how they managed it. Austerity really worked out well for them. (laughs) And it just seems like the only way to overcome them is to tie directly into their expectations of you. And I support that. Exactly, and just think that one day I could be them. So I am going to pull the ladder up after me. <laughs> but then one day you'll be out having a corporate lunch and you'll meet another younger, quieter man with even less nipple than you. Nippleusser. Nippleusser. And uh, you'll just start crying and beating him to death and your mentor, who was in the same situation as you, will be like, no, this is not the way! But you yeah. won't listen. They were wrong. They were wrong to support you. But then how else is a boy going to get nipples and make his way in the world? Maybe a little something like this. Happy New Year! All acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Should Pauls be charged to watch some shite right here on one good thing? (laughs) I am still Paul Salt. I will fall for anything. (laughs) Shit, that's going to be my line later on. (laughs) Not David Carradine (laughs) specifically said that. Said not to. Really and like. I call him Kill Bill throughout my plot rundown. I love. <laughs> Perfect. He's also blind guy from Daredevil. We're finally a year closer to being assimilated into each other. Everyone, it's the best situation you could hope. It's for. happened very quickly in the last month. I feel. <laughs> After a month of really being at odds about the um, bizarre flowers of Miss Out Blandish, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really all come together. We've overcompensated. And now we are indistinguishable. Yeah. A whole new year of mind-sharting films lie ahead of <laughs> us. And why not start with an always kinky recommendations month? Yeah! Speaking of month, Janelle. Uh... <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> Does if you think about it, if you squint hard. <laughs> squint your ears. If you do an ear squint, Nell, Nell did that uh, with her memories of Sucker Punch and said, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we watched this again? And in a sense it was. <laughs> and looking back on it way. Yeah, in the same way that if you got kicked in the balls really hard at school, mm-hmm. you might one day think, oh God, wouldn't it be nostalgic? <laughs> Some guy, he stabbed you, is the thing. Zack Snyder. It's yeah. like, this isn't nostalgic at all. Zack Snyder put a, a mini skirt on you and said, okay, now you have the power. <laughs> the power of my erection. <laughs> so, yes, Nell has forged every signature she needs to have us lobotomized by way of ocular injection of Zack Snyder's sucker punch. Yeah. I lost everyone I've ever loved. Then they locked me away, with nowhere to hide from the pain. You know Zack Snyder. Do I? I think you do, actually. I think personally you know him and of him. He remade Dawn of the Dead in a greeny-yellow colour palette. Oh, yeah. And then he did grungy slow-motion adaptations of 300, Watchmen, and The Guardians of Gahul. The natural end to that trilogy. (laughs) Well, one of them was well-received, two of the others became cult classics, and The Guardians of Gahul. (laughs) The twice you've mentioned it, and then the once yesterday, (laughs) are the only times I've heard it in the last five years, ten years, perhaps. (laughs) I remember it was on TV once, and I just Why? now look back at that and think, that's weird. That's weird that that was on TV. It's weird that someone would <laughs> that do it that. it made it there. 
It's very strange that someone would humiliate Zack Snyder that way. <laughs> well, what do you do next after the Guardians of Gahul? He's clearly not ready to be the main creative driving force behind the DCEU. Not for another two years, at least. So how about an original screenplay by Snyder and a guy who has only written Sucker Punch? Oh. Who, who's Sucker only written Punch. that thing from the future? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're the guy who wrote Sucker Punch. Oh, you'd be perfect for this. <laughs> Sucker Punch. Writer of Sucker Punch. <laughs> oh god, Snyder described the film as Alice in Wonderland with machine guns. The critics mm. didn't like it. <laughs> critics disagreed. <laughs> Therefore, Annalee Newitz at io9.com said, Sucker Punch offers a perfect portrait of storytelling gone wrong. There was a nice build-up of peas there I thought, initially. Which yeah, I, was... I thought they were going to run with that and it was going to get even deeper. Perfect, perfect portrait, portrait of percolating pitch. Perfect portrait of plot points. Um, pottering, pottering, and puzzle fight. Even the movie's attempt to comment on the problems of storytelling goes wrong. I enjoy that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but how can you prove it? Maybe that was a portrait on the sport on the problems of storytelling going wrong. Going the puttering wrong. plot points. <laughs> yeah. The pottering ones, like an old grandpa trying to find metal on the beach. Aww. That's this movie. In in a sense, yeah, I I could see that analogy being fleshed out and being exactly what sucker punch is. <laughs> but then it would have to be dirty grandpa. Oh yeah. It'd have to be a sexy fucking grandpa is what I is the problem with oh, this analogy. Fuck. God. Gotcha. Whoa, oh, Zach Efron's here, everyone. Let's move <laughs> on quickly. Uh oh, we're in trouble. Like a grim remix. <laughs> <laughs> when will the nineties see all the grim remixes? Is what I want to know. Life is a roller coaster. You just gotta ride it. Uh, the public, meanwhile, mostly hated it, except for this fucking guy. Strap in, Paul. All right. B R Rogers at Google. It's a bit long. But uh, you, it's the ride. Here we go. It's 2021. <laughs> it's what this year is all about. Art. This is not a movie, quotation marks. This is cinema with a capital C. A multi-layered cinephile's wet dream. Mm. Is the wet dream multi-layered or is the cinephile multi-layered? I've if you're a multi-layered, multi-layered cinephile, cinephile, you're going to fucking love this. <laughs> what, what are your other hobbies? I don't understand the question. <laughs> no. What's your name? <laughs> Orson Welles? Critics who would claim this movie is only a vehicle for action or CGI, or that it's vacuous, haven't begun to understand this movie and haven't the faintest idea of what they just watched. <gasps> Neither in content nor artistic intention. This is about your psyche, your choices, about the things human beings do to themselves and others in an attempt to understand who they are and how physical reality works. This is a movie about oppression. No, not just about women being oppressed by misogyny, but by our own self-created oppression. How we make bad bargains in life with others and ourselves. And about how we can free ourselves. Freedom begins in our mind and nowhere else. We are lie to ourselves, put ourselves through trials, and cheer ourselves on, telling ourselves simultaneously that we are sensitive but fierce. I tell myself that every day. <laughs> We are both gatekeeper and keymaster, the yin and yang, the alpha and the omega, as well as the fly in the ointment, the wrench in the works. We are our own creator, our own hero, our own villain, our own writer, our own critic, and our own projector. We write the script, and we play all the parts. All we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. We are creator and critic. And that is what this film is about. <laughs> Incidentally, it also has some of the most kick-ass action se- scenes and fun CGI among all of its layers, frames, and symbolism. Watch it more than once, and you'll see more in it each I time. Did. Enjoy it as art is meant to be enjoyed. <sighs> Grapple with the questions it raises. Let it provoke your thought. Let it percolate in your subconscious and throughout Stop. your limbic system before asking yourself, who am I? What obstacles did I put in my own way? What does freedom mean to me, really? Oh. Am I free internally, even though externally things might not look that way? And perhaps most important, ask yourself, why am I not running at full speed towards my most fervent of dreams as if my hair was on fire? You won't be sorry you asked the question. And you won't be sorry you watched this très magnifique piece of cinema. I just feel so very old, Paul. (laughs) I... Is is B.R. Rogers the other writer of Sucker Punch? (laughs) Because that was eerily similar to the closing monologue. <laughs> In length and content. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. God. <laughs> Where to begin? He he did not address 
the fact that this is also a vehicle for Vagpool. <laughs> and that was the most important element for me. And I feel <laughs> Vag has gotten a bad rap lately. <laughs> and I want to see that. I want to see it taking on its own its own features. <laughs> oh, release the <laughs> release the Snyder cut of your life and uh... <laughs> release the Snyder cut of reality. Oh shit, we're already in it. <laughs> well, the film has 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, 33 yep. on Metacritic, and barely made its production budget back. How's that, B.R. Rogers, or whatever your name was? Oh, Christ. Now, Legendary Pictures suggested that the film was a commercial failure because audiences wouldn't accept a female action hero. Oh, yep. yeah, that'll be it. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, we don't know that for sure, but probably best not make any more of those just in case. Meanwhile, how much money do you need for Man of Steel, Zack Snyder? Your very mm. next film? All of it? Great. You got Here it. Here it is. Yep. Ridic- All our money. Here it is. We took it from a woman's shelter. We took it from every women's shelter. <laughs> we could find. Just like you requested. <laughs> You're right. It will make them stronger in the long run. We also doxed them all. So um, <laughs> their dads can find them. Oh, God. Quite a few three men. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, first three men of the t- 2021. Oh, yeah. The first bash. Love it. Now, Malcolm Scott got here by his own merits. He played the gross cook in this. <laughs> oh, okay. And also played hockey fan. In Little Man and Delivery Guy in Alone in the Dark. So lots to be proud of there. Sweet. Little Man. Oh, Christ. Little Every... Man. Yeah. yeah, Little Man. <laughs> Remember that. Remember all of that that we watched. <laughs> Feels a bit unfair. Well, <laughs> is it? But not as unfair as us having to watch 20 minutes of Little Man. No. So nothing will ever match that injustice. Nothing's ever going to undo that. All of our other three men got help from Snyder. Specifically, we have three stars of Batman versus Superman here today. Ooh. Yeah. Gary A. Hecker is a Foley artist who has worked on every movie ever made. Google it, it's insane. Um, but he also voiced Blarp in Lost in Space, the weird space monkey film. Uh. And he did creature vocals in Bats v. Soups and special creature vocals in this. And this came out before, so I guess he got demoted. <laughs> do you want me to do special creature vocals? Mm. Not not again. Not this time. What were the special creatures? The special creatures of Batman vs. Superman. Uh, Richard Catrone, or Catroni, mm. was the memorable character of CJ in this film. Uh, equally memorable as Fight Club Spectator in Bats v. Soups. Oh. Fight Club. What? Maybe you could see Fight Club, the movie, on in the background <laughs> in one scene. Oh, maybe, yeah. And was Big Daddy Mars in Ghosts of Mars, who I'm guessing is the guy who's like, Yeah. Um, and uh, who was he in this? CJ. CJ. Which one was CJ? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fuck was CJ? Was that one of the um <laughs> one of the orderlies? Must have been, right? Yeah, all right. Okay. Maybe he's the one who's like, I got a bad feeling about this man. Yeah. The one who had a story in his expression that I wanted to delve into. <laughs> Dive into like a welcoming ocean. Delve into like a tiramisu. And last but not least is Carla Cagino, who was the voice of the ship in uh, Bats v. Soups. A doctor in New Year's Eve, oh. and here plays the psychiatrist slash madam of the sexy dance shop. Yeah, okay. That's a shame. <laughs> Look, it's, it's a shame. We can all agree on that. But you make your choices. You make your choices in life. Oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Go. Films are shit, mate. Paul, you early and disconcerting Oscar Isaac role. <sighs> yep. What's one thing about Sucker Punch that made you want to fall for anything? Uh-huh. You see it. Christ, but it probably was Oscar Isaacs because it was it was it was gosh darn convincing, Paul. Every- <laughs> it was pretty. I, I bought into it. I think he's like that. I did. I, I, I think he loves it. I remember being surprised when I realised who that was and going, "Wow, people saw his performance of that horrible man and then hired him." <laughs> Inside Quillen Davis is where we need this guy. <laughs> Inside Quillen Davis, going down to Gren- <laughs> Greenwich City. I'll never look. I'll never not call it that. <laughs> You, I need you to be prepared to make that joke for the rest of our lives because I'm never going to call him Lewin Davis. You're like you're that homage Lily joke about <laughs> the upper class, the middle class people who pronounce the uh, the one word in a sentence in its original <laughs> intonation. Look, I've aspired my whole life to be an homage Lily joke. He he was very good. He was very good as creepy hospital man. But what kind of story is this that requires creepy hospital man? Well, we start with a theatre yeah. curtain opening. <gasps> the artifice has been exposed. <laughs> Uh, and we go into a music video for Sweet Dreams, which introduces Baby yeah. Doll, our totally um, agency-having yeah. main character, <laughs> who, well, let's sum it up. Dead mum, bad dad, dead sister, framed by da- yeah. bad dad. So, yeah. asylum. And she she communicates all this through the wearing of a mini skirt. <laughs> 
I, brought, I learned it all from her fires because it was written there. If you look <laughs> oh, close. genius. The artifice, the layers. <laughs> Zack Snyder has hidden secret little messages and codes up the um, main character's oh, butts. So look carefully. That's, that explains it now. Oh, the intent, Paul. I go on a lot about intent. And um, now, now I finally understand <laughs> what what that word means <laughs> there was nowhere else to put it <laughs> yeah he didn't he didn't really leave them a choice there was nowhere else in the frame so so we're, we're told um <laughs> how are we going to do product placement when your movie is 90 percent butt shots do i really have to spell this out for you give me that big mac so <laughs> i was also thinking mcdonald's also through this there's very important dialogue and narration about angels and demons um yeah. Which uh, can only be described as essential to understanding the film. <laughs> Don't think that just because we're not going to describe it any further for the rest of this plot rundown that it's not essential, because yeah. it is. Yep, yeah, absolutely, definitely is. Everyone has an angel, a guardian who watches over us. We can't know what form they'll take. One day old man, next day little girl. But don't let appearances fool you. They can be as fierce as any dragon. So, yeah, she gets taken to the hospital in what very much feels like a good opening scene. And, um, mm. you know, is it like the, the first 10 seconds of the movie, perhaps? Um, and she goes there and there's... <laughs> I like the curtains. I like curtains. Cur- open the curtains onto the butt. We then scroll up from the butt and she's in the car <laughs> being driven by a horrible stepdad. Yeah. Takes her to the hospital and um, Oscar Isaacs is there. And, and he's very openly saying, okay, well, we can just give her a lobotomy. It's illegal, but I'll forge a whole bunch of signatures. Don't even worry about Slip it. Slip me the money. Um, I'll forge this chick's yeah. signature, and she's like 12 inches away. This one here, this piece of shit. Just, just staring at her. Thank you, Barry. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> um, we get our second music video of the film. Yeah. Which I think it's, details... I'm in a mental asylum, please help me. By um, <laughs> Bob Dylan. <laughs> he, he wrote... During the um, stage of his life in which he was alive. Um, <laughs> he still is, I think. Uh, anyway. Yeah, but you mean morally. <laughs> it's ongoing. The music video, yeah, it details the real portion of the film uh, before yeah. before John Hamm shows up to fuck her life with his powerful instrument. Yeah. <laughs> End of movie, I guess. But oh no, obvious cut to pre-death fantasy sequence. Yeah. Yeah, we've okay. got, now we've got Jenna well, Malone go. here to give us some metatextual commentary on the film. This is a joke, right? Don't you get the point of this? It's to turn people on. I get the sexy little schoolgirl. I even get the helpless mental patient, right? That can be hot. What is this? Lobotomized vegetable? How about something a little more uh, commercial, for God's sakes? Because it was so, it was tough in the the mental asylum. So she's going to imagine a place that <laughs> is, is safer for her. Escapism. It's a horrible brothel. Yeah, sort of burlesque house um, where all of the characters we briefly saw saw not met in the asylum yeah. are now madams, pimps, and strippers slash seductive dancers. Yeah. But don't worry. Um, nothing. None of this is real. So if it doesn't make sense, it's really <laughs> contrived or completely unrealistic. It's a dream. Relax. That's what cinema is, Paul. Cinema is a dream. Oh my and, god. Um, none of it. None of it is real. But we choose to invest. We choose to peel away the layers of the onion and and take bites of it as we go. <laughs> I love it. I love that process. So, we, so with watery eyes, um, <laughs> we're introduced to yeah Jenna Malone from the Vag Up, Abby Cornish from the Vag Up, <laughs> um, Vanessa Hudgens from the Vag Up, and then the other the other one. I mean, there's at least one more probably. But I, yeah, I, I can't. Blondie. I can imagine where how we were introduced to her. But look, <laughs> Paul, it's been twenty five minutes. Only twenty five minutes. Christ. So <laughs> let's have an action sequence. Our main lady performs a dance for a bunch of guys that we don't get to see because. We're seeing yeah. what she's imagining, a snowy Japanese yeah. dojo where she meets Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah. Isn't this set in the 50s? <laughs> yeah, but she's seen the Zatoichi Future. collection of films. Um, oh, okay. And she <laughs> has to get five things in order to escape, each of which will represent a thing that maybe she really did in the real world, but also an aspect yeah. of her own personal liberation of the soul, possibly, if we remember to do that later. Yeah, but we won't see that translated in any way in these fantasies, so... Um, <laughs> so. Don't worry about it. It just um, about ties the in. Guy from promise. Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah, love that guy. Um, he'll he'll say Operation Kitchen Knife once, and you'll go, oh, are these meant to relate to the thing. 
no, they're still not. <laughs> it still um, doesn't make any sense. But also, in addition to doing that, we need you to fight these three massive samurai robots because it represents yeah positive visualization. I don't know, just do it. Yeah, empowerment. She does it. Off you go. She went. He slaps her on the vag and um, <laughs> the vag sends her on away. Ah, ah. You got this, coach. Put <laughs> your coach. Give it back. <laughs> so then a sequence of then we go back to the um, burlesque house for a sequence of her trying to organize the escape with some of the other dancers. And then next yeah. action sequence. It's going to be really yeah, easy. Great. This time it's a kind of... Yeah, there are five of these, though. <laughs> this is a kind of World War One thing, but with modern weapons and robot zombies. It's, yeah. it's grey CGI nonsense. I dare you to find it involving. I fucking dare you. We'll get to Quickfire's pool. There are a couple of moments where the, the neutral <laughs> the neutral being in me had to go, oh, it's, yeah, I actually, I sat up and, and watched that bit. Yeah, that, that sequence had scoffing. a couple of the moments that I liked action-wise from this fucking yeah. thing. Daredevil guy before the action sequence says, remember, girls, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Wait, what does that have to do with this? <laughs> we've, we've already signed up. Off you go. Operation Kitchen Knife. What are you going to be doing during this? Yeah. Never mind. Bye, girls. <laughs> Next time we get to set the objectives, not this creepy old man. Yeah, that ends. They get a map. Next dance. I remember there being more to these scenes in between and to the movie. A lot of it is just the girls all um, from the vag up <laughs> just, just discussing about how the planet definitely isn't going to work. And, and fuck you, baby doll. What are you, what are you anyway, you fucking baby doll prick, pigtail twat? Oh, God, I, think it's gonna, I really think it's going to work. Oh, you and your character and your very deep character and personality. You've, you've convinced me. <laughs> Can we capitalize and uh, market and copyright the term vag up as a sort of call to arms for folk? <laughs> All right, everyone, vag up. <laughs> I, I think it, at least if we take it, it's like <laughs> protecting it from the Proud Boys Yeah. before the right people can take it back. <laughs> we'll safeguard it and then sell it to Barclays at the last minute because we are dicks. <laughs> yeah. um, we, will t- we will gatekeep the shit out of this. This week on Vag Up Mondays, <laughs> you can get 12% APR. Oh, <laughs> really good. Um, It's another, look, it's and another grey, brown and green sludge, but this time shaped like a medieval castle with all orcs and dragons and such. Uh, it's oh, about great. eight minutes long. Yeah, fuck me. And they win in the end. Yeah, um, they're told at the beginning, uh, you're going to have to kill the baby. And I went, oh, yeah, I remember this. Because they, they decide not to. And that's like a, that's, that's like a growth thing. <laughs> they, they, they find strength in mercy. Oh, no, no, they slit the, drag- the baby dragon's throat. And then they kill the mother dragon. Yeah, they slit its fucking throat. And pull out the stuff from its throat. Does that in any way tie into the fact that they had to do something morally ambiguous um, in the real world for the thing they needed? No, they stole a fat guy off. Uh, uh, they stole a lighter off a fat guy. Yeah. Um, the only lighter in existence, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, there's no safer way of getting a lighter than that. He had the only one. Yeah, no. Fifties, fifties. It's a crazy time. It's a crazy, fireless time. <laughs> More planning goes on. There's another good rock song by a female artist because there really are just many acts of defilement that go on in this film. <laughs> and we get action scene number four. The love is on. And this one's a sci-fi space train heist. Yeah. And it's a dark brown, green and yellow puddle of nonsense. And it's 12 minutes this Oh, one. good. I, I'm glad. This is better than you counting the grown-ups two jokes, Paul. I've got to say, it's a much more fruitful <laughs> endeavor. Um, this is Operation Kitchen Knife, because they have to take the knife from yes. the big, horrible, fat, rapey cook. The big, horrible, fat three-man. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. Welcome. Feels a shit, mate. <laughs> that's another t-shirt for us. Yeah. <laughs> I smell... Um, <laughs> Uh, nothing actually it's been a real problem for me <laughs> it's, it's a real problem if you can just buy some of our t-shirts in order to give Goodman back his sense of smell the surgery is very expensive <laughs> and it involves John Hamm hammering something into his head <laughs> he won't say what until we put the money up front yeah he's a, he's a professional like that discreet professional um, <laughs> so but unfortunately the wire was in a in a bit of a puddle um, of the radio the wire to the radio used. she was dancing to yeah. yeah so it was the music as Uh-oh. well as the dance that was insna- ensnaring people <laughs> the music was great yeah, yeah that was it really it was just it was I mean this is the 1950s and they're clearly playing late noughties covers of Bjork songs and yeah, yeah people just couldn't handle it yeah fuck Jefferson Airplane's so much better like this <laughs> just needed a shredding guitar to drown out the vocals <laughs> but 
yeah, it goes wrong, and because the women aren't actually strong or powerful or working together in real life, one of them gets killed. It was yeah. Jenna Malone, Jenna who Malone, I think was no. the nice one. Yeah, she was the nice one. She was holding the whole thing together because it certainly wasn't fucking baby doll, the prick. Yeah. Um, well, I, I know that I know her based on the personality types of her butt. She had the humble butt. <laughs> baby doll's porcelain butt couldn't really <laughs> cash the check that her mouth was writing. Uh, and 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 Daredevil guy specifically warned them against this before they went to kill the baby dragon. Yeah, um, he said, try not to get the radio in a puddle. And they were like, yeah. what? Yeah. I can't remember what level of reality this is. <laughs> but luckily, Oscar Isaac is here. Yeah. And he decides that we need to be much closer to the conclusion than we are. So he just kills two of the women. Yeah. Um, I think one of them was the one from High School Musical. Yeah. And now there are only two girls left, which is crazy. I genuinely lost track of how many of them there were. And I was surprised <laughs> that they were down to two. But what a fucking relief, hey? So um, they, I know. <laughs> so they decide now that it's it's the best time to escape when there are fewer of them. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> it turns out it wasn't that hard. No, it wasn't that hard. They hard either. They just snuck around a bit. Ran for it. But oh no, they get to a car park and there's there's five men standing there, not necessarily no. with a great field of vision. So Baby Doll has <laughs> to sacrifice herself. So that yeah, Abby so Cornish, that her friend could clumsily clam- clamber over the gate behind them. Yeah, and yeah. and um, at that point we go back to reality, and it turns out that some of all of that happened. Yeah, John Ham gets freaked out because when he hammered a needle into the eye of that girl, she looked at him weird, and that never happens. Yeah, that never happens. Usually they just fucking wanted the slags. So, <laughs> um, that means John Ham. Yeah, I, I it, that's that's true. If he was over. Hanging over me with rusty pick Look, in hand. I would let John Ham lobotomize me with his messy tool, and that's another t shirt <laughs> that we're going to be looking to release in the new year. So Someone needs to start making our t shirts. He looks very briefly into it, and that's enough for the whole scheme to fall apart. Yeah. Um, there's obvious corruption because of fucking look, Oscar Isaac is here with that mustache. Obviously, yeah. something's amiss. Obviously, just look at him. <laughs> He's a disgrace. He gets arrested. Baby Doll is basically gone and dead. Yeah. And the tough lady from earlier gets away on a, you know, she gets into a situation where she's going to be apprehended and um, yeah. she's going to have to use all of her wiles and self-confidence and the lessons that she's learned from the other girls in order to talk her way <laughs> out of a dangerous encounter <laughs> with a policeman. Oh, no, there's a man here to save her. And it's the bus driver, the bus driver, and he's the guy from all the fantasy. Kill Bill. Yeah. Why is he here? Cut to black. <laughs> well... You say, uh, it may have cut to black. There was another very, very good monologue. Oh, fuck explained yeah. explained an awful lot of things, Paul. Who sends monsters to kill us? And at the same time sings that we'll never die. Who teaches us what's real? And how to laugh at lies? Who decides why we live and what we'll die to defend? Oh, yeah, the narrator... She asks yeah. us, you know, who does have the power to set us free? And that makes me just think about all the female directors out there who will actually oversee the cinematic revolution that this film couldn't even begin to imagine. And I smile for the first time. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. There are two discussions I'd like to have. Okay, um, cool. So let's blow through the first one. Is it a good film? <laughs> it's the first discussion <laughs> to be had. Uh, well, say you, sir. Um, I can help you out with this one, Paul. No, it, it's not a no, good no, film. No, it's not. Um, yeah, yeah, an incredibly disappointing film. Yes, I agree. It, the film doesn't have clear stakes yeah. um, because we don't know what's real. So we never yeah. know what any individual action actually means. No. Actions do not have clear consequences, uh, which extends into the action, which is really bad. Characters just, you know, a character might get hit by a giant sword and go flying 50 feet and then also be in an explosion. And apparently the explosion is bad. Getting hit by a sword is not. Yes, it, it's, it's Man of Steel style weightlessness. Busy ac- Two busy action yeah. scenes over busy. They go on for too long, and because yep. yeah, and because there are no stakes, there you're just left wondering after about two minutes what the point was for any of them. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty much pointless. And when you've got five of them to go through, and it's a two hour movie, all you're thinking about is is the bits that could be cut. Yeah, the the, the bits that are you know supposed to be emotional, uh, uh melodramatic, and it shouldn't be. Yep. You shouldn't be using the word melodramatic for a story about a girl who's abused by a stepfather and then tries to kill her, kill him and kill her <laughs> sister instead and gets committed to a mental asylum where there's a guy there who's raping the girls and is, you know, lobotomizing them by forging documents. But yeah. it's melodramatic as fuck. Oh, God. Do you know what this movie is? What? It, it's, do, you know, do you remember that one really creepy and very uncomfortable scene in Kill Bill Volume 1 where you find out that Uma Thurman's been pimped yeah. out to random guys to fuck yeah. her? And like, there's the greasy Vaseline thing, and it's kind of the scene I maybe skip when I rewatch <laughs> Kill Bill because ew. 
it's it's a movie of that scene. Yes. Bleak. It's bleak. The color palette is ugly. Yeah. Too much CGI. Characters are nothing. Just absolutely nothing. And it's just not a film I enjoy watching. There are no scenes I look forward to no. when I start it. And no, none of it. Which also ties into the fact that it's fairly unmemorable. We're being told how to feel is one of the problems. And, and yeah. it means that my brain has just has to take a back seat because there's no work for me to do. Yeah. Not left wondering what's going to happen I wonder who the next. good guys are here. Yeah. Do I need to figure that out? Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. It's the ones who aren't literally literally on fire. The, all, all of the men, except for the bus driver, I guess, just had something gross about them. Yeah. It was the Michael Bay um, style well, of, of yeah. characterization. It's the Michael Bay camera, which does also mean all the ladies have something gross about them. Because even if parts of this are meant to be erotic, and yes, we'll talk about that in a moment, like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> because of the really gross way like i don't know if we ever discussed this the idea that you remember megan fox sprawled over the motorbike uh, yeah in transformers 2 we've talked about how kind of gross it is that michael bay introduces his characters that way we haven't really talked about how unerotic that image is in particular yeah. partially because michaela in that movie has no agency whatsoever but just the gross michael bay way of filming her yeah i i, I feel like i want to get her some calamar lotion she looks <laughs> hurt yeah. She looks burned. Yeah. And that's the way this movie feels as well. There's no there's no hiding from anything uh, here. No. <laughs> it's not it's it's just it's utterly artless. Um it's clinical. Yeah, for all those reasons I just have n- nothing whatsoever invested in it and um, yeah. all I was doing was thinking about everything that could have been cut from it. I I I I will say yeah. in its defense um you know with the Matroshka doll storytelling and and what it was oh, trying yeah. to do it's clearly a movie with ambition. I, I, I can see Zack Snyder was trying to do something big. And, and the, yes. the, the style of storytelling there, it had a real weirdly nostalgic vibe for me, um, huh. especially in the imagined world aspects, the, yeah. the kind of thing that would be a Saturday morning cartoon or something. Yes, yeah, so it was um, very 2010s, I think, after Inception and also to a lesser extent, The Prestige, yeah. you know, just Nolan messing around with time you know time and such yeah there was a lot of sort of nesting storytelling and uh moving timelines around and stuff like yeah. that which we don't i feel like people have relaxed on that there was a bit of a you know watershed moment where it's like memento tells a whole movie backwards 21 grams you know does whatever the fuck it likes you know we can do all this weird stuff and then eventually yeah. people calm down and it's like well, maybe we should only do that when it's there to accomplish something yeah um and yes i feel like snyder was like we could have all these layers and all of this but it does just feel kind of misguided, which does, to some extent, segue into our second discussion. Yes. Which starts with a story. You and I first saw this when we went to the BFI IMAX with your then-girlfriend, Nardi. Yes. Now, my main enduring memory of that evening is I was walking back to Waterloo Station, uh, where we were about mm-hmm. to ch- uh, part. I think you two were about to go to the underground. I had to go up to the main uh, trains. Yeah. Uh, and we had a chat about the film, specifically about the representation of women. And Nadia yeah. mentioned that she found it hypocritical that the film had these kind of uh, pretensions of empowerment, you know, the notions of empowerment while sexualizing all of its female characters, yes. particularly in the costume design. I remember her mentioning the costume design and like the short skirts. Yeah. And for some fucking reason, I remember feeling I had to oppose this in some way. Um, <laughs> I don't know what toy I felt was being taken away from me or what dangerous precedent was being set in my idiot 21 year old brain, but I remember opposing this. Okay. I can't remember how, and I can't really imagine how. Because it's true. Nadia was completely right, and I'm extraordinarily yeah. sorry yeah. about my weird attempt to defend this movie. I, I can't imagine why, it, but I just remember feeling shame <laughs> almost immediately. Yeah. So I think sometimes you just get the idea that you're on the wrong side of history. Um, <laughs> this is very fucked up in its treatment of women, and it's this bizarre yeah. thing where the sexualization is meant to be part of the point of the movie, like a defense mechanism, but it still yeah. does it. You know, It's still... Yeah. Oh, there's a really good Lindsay Ellis quote, which I wish I could remember, but I haven't been able to find it again, where she says that the way something in a movie is presented is more important than what the text of the movie says about it. Yeah. So if the yeah, movie fair. if the movie says, actually tells you, you know, has the director come out at the beginning and say, objectifying women in geek culture is bad, but then spends two hours yeah. objectifying women in a geek culture setting, the audience are going to respond more to the latter than the former. Yeah. The, the the comparisons I was reading about online mm. were with Mac, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Where, yeah, the women are, they they are slaves and they're, they're sex slaves. And, you know, they, they 
go through the same sort of abuse as they do in Sucker Punch, but A, it's not captured on film because abuse, it's needless. Yeah. B, they, they all have their own personalities yes. and, um, and their own desires and they conflict and they also um, are not treated as objects. They, they are not just there to jazz up the film. They, yeah. they are characters with agency and they drive the plot. Yeah. So, and, and that, is, that is effectively what, yeah, that is the issue with this film. It's one of the issues with this yeah. film. And, and, and again, with defending Zack Snyder's ambition to step into his shoes for a second, I can see that he thought that <laughs> dressing women up like this so they were, you know, looking good and kicking ass Yeah, could be seen as empowerment. But unfortunately, what he thinks looks good compared to what every woman I've spoken to <laughs> about this movie thinks looks good. Yeah. It's just wildly different. It, it usually doesn't involve doing corkscrew spins whilst you can see people, their panties. Yes. There are two things there. First of all, is the idea of because there's two ways in which the women liberate themselves. There's the metafiction. There's the, oh God, the deepest level is them kicking ass by using guns and kicking people. And Angie Han at Slash Film had a really good take on this, which is the trope of the ass kicking hottie is nothing new. And she holds up Buffy as a really good example of someone who kicks ass and yeah. just happens to be hot. You know, doesn't kick yeah. ass whilst being hot. Um, she's not yeah. always she's not always offensive, but she's not inherently empowering either. If she's framed yeah. in the same old male gaze, she ends up being just another variation of the same old male fantasies. And for her, what it came down to mm. was: do does the woman or women have an inner life? You know, something yes. more to them. And you talk about the women in Mad Max. They go from being slave women to being kick-ass, you know, um, women on the road based on their experiences and the arcs mm. that they go through whilst they're on the road. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other issue is outside of that narrative, say the action sequences aren't even in the movie because, you know, they're not, I guess, real in the weird sense that it can be. What you've got is the women using their sexuality the system that you know the things that they're trapped in in order to distract yeah. men in order to p claim these items they need and on that you've got colin dre at pot matters who says if the point of the fiction was to argue that there is ultimately no way out of this kind of sexist abuse is cycled and the film would be making a horribly grim but consistent message it would be presenting mm. a searing if hackneyed condemnation of a corrupt worldview that needs to change but snyder attempts to go further suggesting that there is a way to reclaim individual digni dignity in the face of cruelty by playing into its expectation. Yeah. Sadly, Snyder's film ultimately posits that women caught in the web of this debasement need to embrace the power afforded to them by their, their imposed sexualization, thereby achieving freedom. It effectively offers a rather nihilistic message about the need for women to utterly ab abdicate, abdicate their sense of self in service of survival. Mm. So that's the thing, is the sexuality in the film is never empowering. It's yeah. almost always a source of shame. Like, Baby Doll doesn't yeah. enjoy doing her dance. She doesn't no. enjoy using sexuality to get what she wants. She just does it because she has to. And it's just... And, and you know, I remember thinking, why don't we get to see Baby Doll dance? I'm really glad. It would be f grim as fuck to oh, see... Oh, it'd be awful to see all the guys um, sweating as they perv over her. Well, just seeing this, this woman who we've only seen in the context of abuse and being disempowered doing her sexy dance would be yeah. really uncomfortable in a way that perhaps could be used, you know, intentionally to good effect. But it's just odd to think about uh, when i think of you know women in enjoying using the system that they're in to their own benefit mm. um and enjoying it would be something like hustlers you know the jennifer lopez movie that oh came i haven't out. seen that it's great it's it's really entertaining and funny good. and j-lo and um the the cast around her are just fantastic but it's, mm. yeah that feels like true empowerment because they are having a fucking good time whilst they're doing <laughs> it and yeah. you know writing the scales that way and it feels it's edifying to watch. Mm. Whereas, yeah. yeah, this just felt kind of gross. Yeah, it did. And you mentioned Zack Snyder there, and I think this does play into a bigger problem with Snyder. And it is, I think it's part of why, and we should get into this at some stage, why I have gone off Watchmen. Because mm. Snyder has a style and an aesthetic, and he applies mm. it to everything, even when it's working against the theme of the movie he's making. Um, and it's great for music videos and commercials or like the opening yeah. cutscene of a video game. But in narrative storytelling... It's too basic a tool to be using all the time. Yeah. And the idea of liberating or empowering these women for an adolescent sexy violent fantasy is just kind of weird. I feel weird watching victims of implied sexual abuse doing high kicks and short skirts. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's just the Snyder approach. He thinks, this is cool, therefore we'll do this. Even yeah. though the, the movie he's making... Begs him not to. He did, yeah. 
he came back t- he came back and he said um he tried to do the classic Tommy Wiseau shift of implying that the overall grossness was intentional. Mm-hmm. He said I'm always shocked that it was so badly misunderstood. I've always said that this was a commentary on sexism on sexism and geek culture. Someone would ask me why did you film the girls this way and I'd say well you did. Mm. Sucker punch is a fuck you to a lot of the people who will who will watch it. And I definitely felt that. Yes. Uh, success there. But not for the reasons. That he... um, but no, it's it's like making a porn movie to criticize porn movies. Yeah. But one that is definitely still working as a porn movie. And the fact that yeah. it's actually an anti-porn movie will be implied by the movie having a really depressing ending where most of the porn stars in it die. Yes. Like, but Boogie Nights would be a better example, like a better version of that. <laughs> yeah. If Boogie Nights featured 12 minute long actual sex scenes Gang that you were intended yeah. to masturbate to. And then at the end, everyone's just sad. Yeah, like it's. I don't know what to make of it. It's like Michelle Haneke making funny yeah. games. Like, yeah, well done then. <laughs> Thank, thanks. <laughs> but then someone needs to reply to Zack Snyder and say, okay, so that's what that's what you were going for, and that's great. But this is why that doesn't work. <laughs> and even if you were doing it intentionally, I, I, I don't, I actually don't doubt that it was intentional. Yeah. But he perhaps he then doesn't understand the issues <laughs> with with the way he did it. He doesn't understand why those two things conflict fuck just and someone really needed to tell explain that to him before he went off and directed more films yeah you know what i'm more upset about that thing that joke i made at the beginning than i led on legendary pictures saying oh i guess people didn't want to see it because a female action star and then just Zack snyder has had a consistent career over the past 20 years regardless of flops yeah. and critical you know misses his future has never yeah. been in question but an entire gender suddenly can't get fucking close yeah. to an action movie based on one flop is I feel like to be fair to Zack Snyder it's been at least three flops from awful directors oh uh, what for uh, female led action movies yeah well any any excuse sometimes yeah Ugh. yeah they just that's the thing is they kept the studios care so little about doing this as they always put it in the hands of people who are entirely untested like the guy who did Catwoman have no interest in actually doing it right yeah, they set them up to fail, and then they do fail, and that helps them perpetuate the narrative. Ugh. And this this feels like an example of that. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we'll have this movie about female liberation, directed by this guy, this guy, produced by this guy, this guy, this guy. And it's just ugh, produced nobody... by the butt, the butt guy. <laughs> Should we recruit a feminist to give this uh, script a once over? I don't want them in here with their pipe smoke. Sorry, I was busy vomiting. Um, what were you saying? <laughs> On you. Yeah. I was just saying, oh, <laughs> sorry, I anticipated it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, this look positive pause. We've got to swing around on this. So yeah, it's a gross little movie that I don't enjoy. But let's talk about the good things. <laughs> Quick fact. The opening few seconds with the curtain and the monologue. The monologue mm. may have been utterly meaningless, but I, I liked the opening onto the curtains and then. Yes. The curtains opening to the, the film. It just looked. Agreed. Right, and the pacing and the quiet before you know everything happened was satisfying. Yeah, agreed. That was those. That yeah, it was an interesting way of starting a movie. Unfortunately, I was already not paying attention to the movie because I was thinking about the monologue that had started at the point when you yeah. first see the curtains. So, uh, but a good shot in that opening. Um, baby doll gets locked in a room, mm-hmm. and the camera goes through the lock to see her eye on the other side and then into the eye, into the reflection of the eye, into the action on the other side of the lock. And that was oh, a very good. imaginative way of using a camera. It was very David Fincher-esque. He would do something oh, that's like that. That's great. Good stuff. Yeah. I did like Oscar Isaacs in general. Um, mm. it, really convincing performance. Um, and as he was giving his speech to the women at the end, just before he kills two of them, it reminded me yeah. of the sort of gravitas he had in A Most Violent Year. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking about most violent year during this, and just thinking about the the sort of vocal control he exercises in various yeah. places. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. Um, another uh, performer I appreciated quite a bit. Horrible dad is just horrible dad. He's nothing. But yeah. when we go into the dream, he's replaced yeah. by a priest, and I think he's still the same actor. Yes. Only now, instead of his gross kind of American accent, he's putting on a sort of Irish accent. He is Irish. He is Irish, so maybe that's just yeah. his actual voice, but I just like yeah. the playfulness of um, yeah. Asshole Dad is now just kind of, Ah, oh, be Jesus! <laughs> yeah. Jesus! Oh. You'll get what you deserve when the high roller comes! I will not calm down. Did you see what she did? I did, I'm sorry. I hope you're rotten here! You'll burn yeah. in hell! And he's doing like yeah. a really old man kind of, you know, eh, you'll get what's coming to you, sort of <laughs> accent. I just found that amusing. 
Yeah, me too. I like that. The cover of Where Is My Mind. Oh, yeah. Um, whilst it shouldn't have been used in the movie, like mm. most of the tracks, um, yeah, I liked agreed. the actual track. Try this trick. Spin it. Yeah. Your head will collapse. There's nothing in. Do you ask yourself, where is my mind? I liked the cover. Yeah, there was a lot of that. <laughs> there was yeah. a lot of... That's a, that's a good bit of music. I don't know why it's playing now. Oh, where is my mind? Because she's, she's in a mental asylum. Oh, what? That's God, he, so God, good. he sucks at that, doesn't he? Incidentally, Suicide, Suicide Squad's my favourite film. <laughs> but Snyder in particular is such a fucking hack at that. Yeah. I know. Oh, God. Anywho, is it Tyler? Um, is it just Tyler Bates going? Maybe I know, or is it this, both the two? <laughs> I know of them this is nonsense. Thick as thieves. Tyler Bates' um, soundtrack for Three Hundred does imply that he knows this is all bollocks. <laughs> Are you sure we need another electric guitar solo? Yes, yes, I think we do, Zach. What do you mean another? It hasn't stopped. <laughs> oh, you're right. I've I've learned to acclimatize to it. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> now you mention it, yeah, it's back. <laughs> yeah, it was going the whole time. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, in particular, the scene where Baby Doll is wandering around a mysterious snowy um, temple in the middle of nowhere, and it's like, mm. ooh, she's probably as curious about all of this as we are, and what's going on? Huh, I wonder. Army of Me by fucking Bjork is playing. And it's just... Yeah. And it's like, this is the <laughs> weirdest fucking thing to be putting on right now. I like the song, yeah, but this, that's just yes. odd. That's an odd move, Mr. Snyder. Um, this is my next point. This is Björk and Skunk and Nancy. And this suddenly mm. made me think of Skunk and Nancy for the first time <laughs> in about 20 years. Right. And I went back and checked out some of their tracks and remembered how cool and weird Skunk and Nancy were. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll have some of the action I liked. The trench fight against the Nazi zombies, the yeah. steam-powered Nazi zombies. Yes. Um, some of the moves there looked good. Probably the only ones that I really engaged with. In particular, there's one where I think it might be Abby Cornish has a machine gun, guy behind her, guy in front of her, Shoots guy in front of her, drops down and shoots guy behind her. And yeah, yeah it was good stuff. Like that. Yeah, there's a, a tracking shot of Jenna Malone moving through the tre- trench, picking people off with her mm. machine gun. And right. that looked great. Okay. That was that was really exciting. And then just after that, there was um, what I... See, we're in Assassin's Creed territory here because the girls all apparently went through such grueling training. Yeah, exactly. They, you know, they were crying and it, it was awful apparently, but... I couldn't tell whether no. or not it was Vanessa Hudgens. I couldn't even tell. You could have just replaced them all with CGI puppets. I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. Snyder's camera yeah. is nonsense. I feel so yeah. bad they had to try so hard. Compare it to like John Wick and Halle Berry in John Wick yeah. 3. You know, the Chad, whatever his name is, um, camera. Stahelski. Uh, so, well, I, I can't repeat that. Uh, <laughs> so perfectly um, captures the action that's going yeah. on. I love it. And it just shows all of the work that they did. I feel so bad for these women. Yeah. I In know. every way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For everything. For everything. <laughs> sorry, Abby. Okay. That was, that was a bit. I'm sorry, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I am here in the dark night in a tortured joke premise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, when the plane is flying away from the dragon, there's a part where the machine gun nest at the back of the plane gets bitten into by the dragon and that looked good from inside the plane because you just get these teeth suddenly appearing on the um top and bottom and the whole compartment suddenly crushes and the girl has to you know jump out of there that that looked good oh, yeah cool look like it might have been um, a practical effect Ooh, i know when i think it was baby dog yeah she shoots the first boss in the face and his face suddenly mm. becomes light looked good oh yeah yeah um i liked how yeah i liked the contrast there quite satisfying. i nearly put that down I did see that, and it did look quite good, and it was built up to for a long time. Oh, it's just so CG, but you know, it was. It, you're right; that was a good moment. I enjoyed that. Mm. I'm just going to generally say Jenna Malone. I really like her. Yeah, I mean, she's great. Yeah. Um, she hasn't been. I haven't seen her in much recently, apart from the Hunger Games and obviously Donnie Darko. Yeah. Back in the day, but um, yeah, like Jenna Malone. I'm glad she was. Yeah. She was around. Actually, there's a moment where she stands up in the trenches to face a soldier, tosses her gun up. And it spins a few times in the air and she catches it without taking her eyes off the soldier. And I thought, maybe they had to do multiple takes to get that right. <laughs> and Whoa. that suddenly felt good. Like, that wasn't just nah, CGI didn't want... or they didn't cut it or anything. She, she didn't break her gaze once. Just, <laughs> yeah, it, like something that somebody who cared about cinema would do. <laughs> 
Malone insisted, and she did it in one. Yeah. She actually improvised it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Daughter. <laughs> the glass of wine Oscar Isaac was enjoying with his dinner looked fucking delicious. <laughs> um, it really made me want a glass of wine with my dinner. Love um, that. Yeah, it was like, you know when you watch cartoon drinks and they look really delicious? <laughs> um, it was like that. Love it. One of my issues last time around was the steam or light for blood, but I didn't mind it so much this time. No, I'm, I'm all right with it. Anything uh, that shows impact, because far too often in modern yeah. movies, you just see gunfire and then something falls over and there's nothing. Steam is a good yeah. workaround. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was fine. And then when Oscar Isaac kills Amber and Blondie, his, one of his goons looks really hurt. And I wondered about his story. I wanted to know what, he, what his <laughs> deal guy. was, where he was <gasps> from. CJ! It might have been CJ, beautiful CJ. He was the uh, one, the orderly, who was like, I don't know, I don't want to do this anymore. And then Oscar Isaac goes, do it! Oh, okay. Sounds like classic CJ to me. Based on nothing. CJ? <laughs> I will say some of the guns are pretty cool. Um, Snyder, I think, favors okay. the M1911 model handgun, which is a pretty okay. cool handgun because it's shown up in quite a few of his. And yeah, in particular, the one that um, Oscar Isaac uses to shoot several women. Um, <laughs> it's a cool looking gun. And also Baby Doll has one, a silver you know, pearl handled one that she carries around with her that also looks cool. So, yeah, some of the guns look good. The assault hey. rifles are so fucking done up, you can't even really appreciate them as weapons. They just look like, yeah, I don't know, bits of scaffolding that they're carrying around with them with all the fucking sights and handles and stuff that they're not even using. So, yeah, <laughs> great overdesigned that. But yeah. I'd prefer just something simple, like a Tommy gun. Something a bit fanciful. Yeah, why not? Or just, uh, just a garrote. <laughs> they use slowly on each one, one at a time. For over the course of half an hour, <laughs> loved it. Ah, oh, well, the the final one then. Uh huh. There's there's a the scene where Jenna Malone dies. Um, the performance from Abby Cornish in particular was really striking. It was really really affecting. Oh, that's good. And and it and it like showed that. me that with realer moments and a better script and yeah, a redirected focus, they could have really gotten something good out of these girls. Oh yeah, just yeah. have them I as mean, the the, the one dimensional exposition bots that they were. Yeah, and that almost feels like a defilement of them and their talent in yeah. some ways. And, you know, they all signed up for it, and they, I, I, I hope they all got paid very well for it and have managed to levy. I don't know what Abby Cornish has done since, but I hope yeah. they've all managed to levy, you know, yeah, this yeah. movie into some success, although the movie bombed, so I'm guessing not. They seem to be vocally um, quite defensive about it. I just, I don't know if that's just, uh, like, attachment to your work. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, they must have had a, you know, they went through a hell of a lot to get it made. You don't want to then just say, you're right, it sucked, you know. Yeah. But nevertheless, it, yeah, it, it does feel like the failure of this film is also a failure of these um, four women, which is a shame. <laughs> I but hate them now. There's four of them, right? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Five. Oh, there's five. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> My point is. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's five. We win. <laughs> It's just a real failure to um, the five or six women who are in this movie. <laughs> and Carla Cugino. Her too. Yeah. Get away from Zack Snyder. It's not doing any good. Please. Stay in The Haunting of Hill House. Try and attach yourself to... Um, Glomon like a barnacle. Never Mike let go. Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Tommy Flanagan. Glomon. Never let him go. Um, Tommy Flanagan. <laughs> He'll show you all the best pubs in Edinburgh. <laughs> Goodman. Um, who... Uh, did anyone come forward from the OG team? <laughs> come forward. Did anyone come forward from the OG team to admit they had seen this? The shameful scum of the OG team. Some of them did. Oh. And let's let's have a look at them now. I didn't put it on Facebook, sorry. That's right. I put it on about an hour ago, but obviously no one. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no one I don't know, those Facebook lot are pretty sharp. Elliot J. O'Neill said, <gasps> The good thing about this movie is that it's inspiring my parody comedy movie about taking on Facebook. Zucker Punch. I'm trying to get the directors of Airplane on board. Pun fucking intended. <laughs> so, yeah, love it. It's a, a, I mean, it's it's curious because the name implies the directors of the film and nothing else. But it's a Facebook <laughs> takedown. Oh, right, like Zuckerberg. Got it. Yeah. It's a multi-layered pun. I'm here for it. It's it's everything that we could have hoped for. The layers working so much better than the layers in Sucker Punch. They're, despite it being a multi-layered film of art. <laughs> Still misogynist though, weird. We'll explain why in this week's Patreon. Sign up. Please give us money. Thanks, Elliot. <laughs> Please, somebody. Um, Martin Gardner said, it wasn't boring, mostly because I had no idea what was going on, granted. <laughs> that is a plus. Um, he then goes on to say he had this one down as one to review if in when cinema's shut, so maybe later in the year. So check that out later in the year. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Martin Gardner. Yeah. I mean, it's a very interesting film, and I want more people to be talking about it because every review I read for this was interesting in the angle it took whether it was defending it or condemning it it was still a mm. very curious film to dismiss it's not like cats 
where everybody knows yeah. the same things as shit. Like, everyone's going to have a different take on this, and that's that's good. Yeah. You know, this is like shit art. Let's have some... <laughs> Rather than it's just a shit blockbuster. Let's have some debate. Yeah. You dig. About what exactly is terrible about it. Yeah. And what's this? Ellen Graham sneaking up out of those last-minute shadows to say, uh, sexy Oscar Isaac? I think also that the actresses really had fun doing their fight choreography. Uh, I didn't get the reading right on that. I somewhat like the idea of a dance being an illusion for a battle, but the final scene of Us definitely did it better. Oh yeah, definitely. That was a stunning sequence. That was one of the best parts of the film, that, that final dance fight thing. I, I really hope they did have make, um, have fun making it. It doesn't necessarily translate in terms of the chemistry between the women in the film, but yeah, with any luck, it was a good laugh just running around shooting at stuff. And hopefully it wasn't a Nightmare on Elm Street situation of them just standing around in skimpy outfits as they film all day, waiting for the shoot to start. Hello everyone, Paul Salt here, ready to get you all up to date on all the people who got in touch after the deadline of uh, us being able to put them into the actual episode. Which, um, is a shame. Yeah. It's a shame because now we've got to do this. And I'm super tired now and not funny. And Goodman probably isn't going to even have energy to re- record a response. And if he does, he'll only do it just here in this space right now. See, nothing. So, yeah. In the future, you try and tell us about the things you liked in this rubbish films a bit earlier, please. Thank you. Anyway, Phil Harker-Smith said, It warned me to avoid Zack Snyder films. Yep, valuable lesson. Uh, can save yourself a lot of pain doing that. Yep, you're not going to miss out on any particularly big cinematic masterpiece. Although, let's see how he gets on with The Fountainhead. What a laugh riot that book is. I can't wait to see slow motion architecture. Christopher Bond said, Costumes are good, I guess. A friend I saw it with liked it. Well, can't we all take comfort from that? Can't we? A friend. A friend, you say? You don't give as much details. Just a friend who you cared enough to go see Sucker Punch with. It brought some joy to his life, or her life. Who am I to judge? Nobody, because we have heard from Katie Maiden. Katie writes about. Hey, Katie. And she says, you know I love this film. No shame. I didn't know you loved this film. All of the shame. Actually, I think I do remember you saying that you quite liked it, which is ridiculous and wrong. Nevertheless, I respect you as a human being and your um, right to a dignified death following this uh, terrible faux pas. No, it's fine. Um... That's really interesting, actually. I remember now that you do like this movie. You might be the only person I know who likes it, so... Yeah, what a weird anomaly. I hate it. B.T. Calloway uh, gets in touch to say the opening scenes once again prove that Snyder is an excellent visual storyteller, conveying half the first act arc without dialogue, much like the Johnny Cash opening of Dawn of the Dead, or displaying the Watchmen's entire alternate history in the time Bob Dylan takes to sing a song. I mean, that, yeah, the the Watchmen opening credit sequence is my favourite. Zack Snyder moment, which doesn't take a lot of beating. He's good at montage. He's very good at montage. Tends to treat far too many scenes as if they were montage. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I'm still here now. Goodman probably, you know, dead by now. Uh, I've never got taken up this much of a podcast without him before. It's kind of weird. I guess we're just gonna cut back to now us as if we were talking this whole time in this dark little chapter of me sat up here in my my attic, recording alone, will just seem like a distant memory. Thanks, OG team! Thanks, OG team! Oh my god, I love them and their greasy butts! Paul, how can people find out about our greasy butts? Well, they can start by listening to our One Better Thing. Our One Better Thing! The One Better Thing. Me and Gibbon both this last weekend saw Promising Young Women. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, Promising Young Woman. Yes. Which, I mean, has immediately gone into my... Uh, favorite films of the year list for 2020 yep same same yeah it's just fucking great it's kind of amazing that we watched it this weekend because good lord it could almost be a remake a good remake of sucker punch it's yeah a woman who has fallen afoul of um a misogynistic system a very robust one that includes actually women trying to perpetrate the um system as well and has a very varied focus of the oppressors as well and that's something we mm. didn't say, is that by presenting misogynist men in Sucker Punch as just being cartoon villains with mustaches and, you know, greasy lips and such, yeah, you do let off the fact that it takes a whole society of people to perpetrate such yes. a system, including nice people. You know, people who yeah. present as nice people are still yeah. part of the problem, because otherwise it wouldn't be a problem. Because it's not yeah. all just cartoon villains. Promising Young Woman gets that. It presents us with a incredible lead who is willing to use her sexuality to try and 
gains some form of revenge over the system, but also demonstrates the fact that she is intelligent, clever, kind of crazy in a way that's really yeah. uh, c- compelling to watch. She has fl- flaws, strengths, humor. Yes. She's oh, she's such a full person, and yeah, that's everything that Sucker Punch was missing. Played incredibly well by Carrie Mulligan. Um, yeah, she's amazing. I just keep getting flashbacks of the film and her her mischievous expressions as yeah. she's, she's going through and doing oh what God. she does and she's just I mean, so magnetic just so good to see carrie mulligan again i haven't seen her in anything in a while yeah it has been a while yeah. and yeah because for a while there around this time actually mulligan looked like she was going to conquer the world um yeah. i don't know i don't know if she's had her big role yet but this was amazing and yeah just seeing her go from stop what are you doing yeah to stop yeah what are you doing is more exciting to me than Abby Cornish taking out a whole room full of Nazis on. Yeah, absolutely. That's power. That's where power is. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So see it. It's amazing. And just a quick thing. In terms of a movie in which most of the action is taken up by a dream and you don't quite know what's going on, but it's actually good, Mulholland Drive is obviously the exceptional oh, yeah. example because everything that happens in the dream feeds into our understanding of the real lives of the dreamer. And that's yeah. compelling. Beautiful. Yeah. Also Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. <laughs> For a, uh, a team of powerful women escaping from a misogynist system, definitely Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Um, Inception, in terms of it tells you that a lot of this stuff isn't really happening. Yep. But it's very open and clear about the stakes of what will happen if they fail in their mission. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's good. Uh, we've done Mad yeah. Max Fury Road a few times already, I think, so that we, we, we weren't losing a, a future wreck. <laughs> Got to keep those guarded. Um, but yeah, no, Um, uh, very quickly, I watched, uh, we finished watching Sucker Punch on Saturday night. Um, at about 9pm uh-huh. and as, as the credits are rolling I just thought I think Promising Young Woman would be a good film to watch now yeah <laughs> I think that would really clear the palette yeah and then put something better on the palette mm. um, and it, yeah it was just perfect double bill for somebody who likes disappointment first and then pudding <laughs> yeah it's exactly it's like how to do this premise well you know the second yeah. half they even split her plan into different stages, which they demark by putting numbers on the screen, which could re- yeah. you know, fill in for the missions that they go on. It's yeah, and no man is telling her to do it either. It's just ah, uh. it's great. And Alison Brie, Bo Burnham, oh um, yeah, uh, Adam Brody, Christopher Mintz Plass, um, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh my god! And I love that Alison Brie yeah. is devoting so much time to playing bitches now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's an entertaining angle for her to take after characters like Annie and um oh god what was her character name in Glow Zoya her name was Zoya in real life <laughs> yeah uh, her real name is now Zoya Alison Brie Alison is the, <laughs> the nickname um, um you also need to all go watch Glow and then write angry petitions about uh to Netflix about the cancellation of Glow so go and do that's that. some bullshit that's the real unjust injustice meanwhile that's Zack Snyder's one. fucking sequel to Dawn of the Dead stormed right through coronavirus lockdown <laughs> so did Tenet I'm never gonna not be angry about this and that's the one better thing. Yay! <laughs> the one better thing. Um, okay, Paul, how can people find out about our greased up butts? They are slapping around an audible for anyone who cares to listen or not. <laughs> um, and if you, but if you do listen extra closely between the, the groaning slaps of our fatty, meaty seat sacks, then on, on the wind, you'll just hear OGT pods, OGT pods, twats. <laughs> And, and and that's what you take, but um, without the insult, and put that into Twitter and Facebook, and um, you'll see some information about us and all the podcasts we're releasing. And that's about it. We don't really do audience engagement. We know we should, but it's all it's all here. Look, look how you doing. Look, you know we love you. Yeah. Just because we don't want to spend any time with you doesn't, you know, negate that. It's, we're the deadbeat just... dads of the podcasting world. <laughs> look, it's just it's not that we hate you because we love you, obviously, but we just think that Twitter and most social media is a vacuous, consistently sinking cesspit of hatred, self-loathing, and, and violence. And I get enough of that at home. Oh! Yeah. Look, as soon as coronavirus is over, we're going to all invite you over to our houses and we'll Lovely all make dinner. love together. And it'll be just a much more fulfilling experience than anything that might happen over Twitter, including the nudes that we send, that we will send. Yeah. Paul's going to make a beef stroganoff. <laughs> it's the only thing to have when you're boning. Um, it's, B- it's BYOB. <laughs> BYOBS. <laughs> Bring that beef stroganoff. <laughs> That's very, that's very much um, our, our podcast analogized. <laughs> Bring your own beef stroganoff. <laughs> Stay for the laughs. Bring your own laughs. <laughs>
Um, I very very quickly. Um, I have been in Rotorcast's new campaign on uh, Fuck yeah. Pulp Cthulhu this time. Um, so if you are into a bit of the eldritch horror, a bit of the mummy slash Indiana Jones style swashbuckling, exaggerated Ooh. action hero type escapade, then check it out on Rotorcast. Are you playing? And we have a Patreon. Are you playing Brendan Fraser or Arnold Vuslu? Um, I, I'm playing their love child, <laughs> Bren Brendold. <laughs> Brendold Frasloo. <laughs> oh, they tell tales of the Brendold men. <laughs> and we also have a Patreon where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get exclusive access to um, special Paul's only content. We've been doing a lot of looking into the questions uh, from Brett Goldstein's films to be buried with recently. Yep. Um, just really running off making that format 10 times as long as it is um, <laughs> when he does it. Yeah, bringing up some really interesting conversations. Fuck yeah. Um, we're doing some Let's Plays again soon. Yep. Uh, and uh, maybe even a Paul's Pitch or a 50 Ooh, Paul's Shade. Oh, yes. We might be pitching mm. an installment to X-Men. Oh, uh, not X-Men. We did that. Um, <laughs> we did that. Shit. The Matrix. That was it. That was the next one we were going to do. Yes. Yes, there might be a Matrix film in the on the horizon, so keep an eye out for that. On your other left. <laughs> I'm Paul Fosley. I'm your other left. Remember, the one good thing about Sucker Punch is that it, ironically, it is exactly what you think it is. Also, Oscar Isaacs is really good in it for people who think we don't take this seriously anymore. (laughs) 